For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to our Friday show. This is our last time with Matthew Eicher. Matthew, thanks again for being here this it's week. It's really my pleasure. Um, a question we like to ask youth workers is what, what book beside the Bible or books um, have shaped you most, as well as what are some books that you're currently reading um, that have been helpful? These could be related to youth ministry or not related to youth ministry at all. What are some books that have been helpful? Yeah, um, I love to read. And I'm typically the kind of person that's reading like three or four books at one time. And sometimes it drives me crazy. Sometimes it drives my wife crazy. Sometimes I forget where I am in a particular book and lay it down for months on end and then have to remind myself what was going on. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are a few that stand out. Um, one, um, long story short, I did not grow up in, you know, sort of a, a reformed uh, context. Um, my parents both came to faith as adults. And, you know, for a lot of my growing up years, we were just trying to figure out, you know, what the church actually was, what it looked like, what it was supposed to be, what it, what it couldn't be. Um, and so, you know, for, for me, um, I, have, I have no reason to doubt that God was very gracious in, in bringing me to himself as an 11-year-old at, you know, what we, most people think of as like a traditional revival service. Mm-hmm. But my sanctification, like my growth in grace as a teenager was an absolute just confusing mess as I look back on it mm. myself. Um, you know, and I knew I was supposed to read scripture. I knew I was supposed to do this and that. And, um, but, and I knew that God was for me. But like just in the practical day to day, it was just, it, it was, I, I just didn't know what I was supposed to actually do or not do or trust God for. Um, and so... I, I think that continued really throughout my teenage years until my freshman year of college. And um, during my freshman year of college, somebody handed me a copy of, of Paul Tripp's Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Mm. And the idea behind it was, Matthew, I really think it would be good for you to think through how you can effectively serve and help other people within the church. What I actually found in that book is this is what the gospel looks like in everyday life. Wow. Um, and I could still show you the books in my office. I mean, it is, it is highlighted and underlined, and they're like little you know, hallelujahs and amens out, <laughs> in the, out in the margins. Um, because for me, at 19, um, that, that book was, was sort of a... It was a game changer mm -hmm. in just understanding what it looks like, you know, to live out of your justification as a believer, um, to live out of you know God's acceptance and pleasure in us because of Christ, and to view our obedience as a as a privilege and responsibility, um, but but just an opportunity and something you know beautiful that 
that God actually chooses to use us for the extension of his glory and for the extension of the gospel. Um, that, that for me was, was a game changer. And, you know, share a little bit more of my personal history. That actually set me on the course to find out, like, who that guy was, mm. what church he was a part of. And so, I mean, the, the fact that I'm now ministering in a PCA church is not really surprising to me mm. as I look back at kind of the way that that helped shape, yeah. I think, a more biblical world and life view for me. So did you go, I mean, when you did some, you know, background on Paul David Tripp, mm-hmm. and did you purchase all of his books, everyone that had <laughs> ever been written, and start reading um, and devouring him? I, I didn't. Um, I, I think, you know, for, for me, um, I was kind of still in a context at that time where I, I, I didn't know enough about, you know, certain authors or movements within you know, Christianity to, to know that there was like this whole other side. <laughs> I mean, that sounds bad, but, um, you know, I think we're all just most familiar with what we grow up in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for, for me, it was kind of a, okay, maybe, you know, just kind of add this in. And, and, um, but it is, it, for, for me, it was more of a, a total shift mm-hmm. over into, okay, you know, this is one man who I think is, is endeavoring by God's grace to be faithful to what God's Word actually says. It makes so much sense. So then, you know, I started picking up other books and, and a lot kind of in that CCEF tradition, um, David Pallison, Ed Welch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because I think most people um, kind of come into Reformed theology and, and maybe what I would say is a, a healthy biblical understanding of, of God's work in salvation um, kind of through the whole justification angle. Mm. For me, it was like purely a sanctification angle. Interesting. Like how do I actually grow as a believer? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's that's good. Um, so that was an early one that you read. You said freshman in college that mm-hmm. you picked that one up. Yep. Um, any others that you look back on? Uh, you know, these were, were big ones that really shaped the way that you approach Christianity. Uh, yeah, and this this is going to be weird. Um, I, as I thought about this, I'm like, I don't know how this is actually going to come off. But um, I would say it, it's a combination of two books that kind of work hand in hand: um, "Brave New World" by Aldous Huxley. Mm-hmm. And uh, amusing ourselves to death by Neil Postman. Yeah, interesting. If you know anything about Postman's work, he basically says that Aldous Huxley was right in Brave New World. That mm-hmm. Brave New World can is sort of this um, dystopian future where everyone is addicted to pleasure, and that there's no need for like heavy government oversight because everybody's perfectly happy because mm-hmm. they're you know happy and scare quotes all the time. Um, and, and Postman basically says that is the world that we have created. He argues specifically through technology, mm-hmm. um, but I think with some broader application. And so for me, you know, as I just look back on growing up as a kid in the 80s and the 90s and the extreme financial prosperity that those decades brought on for this country, and um, I was joking with one of our leaders even this week about. Um, you know, with the, with the fall of communism, I think we all thought, you know, that, that the millennial kingdom was going to be established um, <laughs> in, in America because there was like nothing else to be afraid of um, until, you know, terrorism kind of um, reared its head in 2001. And, and so I think for me, you know, just realizing that as an American, um, as an American believer, that so often the things that I am prone to, to raise up as idols in my own life, 
and that the people that I minister to and with are prone to worship um, are, are pleasure and entertainment and distraction. Mm. Um, and, you know, I see that play out in my own life as a 32-year-old ordained minister. Yeah. That, you know, for some reason, I, I, like, I like have to be entertained for part of my day. Or I feel like it's a necessity yeah. after a hard day's work. Mm. Um, and just, you know, questioning why that's true. Yeah. Or, you know, why, why are some of the things that are going on in my life um, or, or in the lives of our students, um, you know, why is there this constant just hungering and thirsting after distraction and entertainment? Mm. Um, I think that those books really helped me kind of grasp that and understand that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Aldous Huxley is by no way, shape, or form a Christian author. <laughs> um, but I do think he was, you know, he was gifted yeah. um, in, in kind of being a social prophet of where we were and where we were going. Yeah, so. that's that's excellent. Um, yeah, and I think some of the things you're talking about, just the, the need or the desire to be distracted and entertained. Um, I know uh, Tony Reinke gets into some mm -hmm. of that and, yeah. you know, the 12 ways your phone is changing you. Um, and that's one that's that's been more recent. And so you said um, you also have about three books that you're reading at a time. Are, mm -hmm. are there anything, something that you're reading currently or kind of in the last few years that has been um, big to you, um, life shaping, changing. Um, cool. I, I would say in the last few years, you know, if you, well, it's been more than a few years ago now. Um, but um, on the apostolic preaching by Irenaeus, I took a class in seminary. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a weird one to pull, right? Yeah. Um, but I took a class in seminary on like church fathers. Yeah, and so we read lots of different things from from church fathers. But I remember, you know, as someone who was raised in a, in a, in a um, tradition that did not appreciate church history, that sort of poo-pooed church history, um, that was all about sort of living in the present, the moment, um, like opening up a book that was written in the second century <laughs> and, and reading, you know, the gospel and discovering, you know, his, basically in that book, he just lays out redemptive history. Creation, fall, redemption, consummation. I mean, for me, that was like, uh, oh, like this it really is what Christianity has always been. Like this really is what God is up to in time and history. This really is what people have lived and died for, wow. for the glory of God. Um, I, I'm just not sure. Like I, I was the guy who was like handing this book out like it was a gospel tract. Like, oh, have you read this one? Have you read this one? Have you read this one? But I was just like, what is wrong with you? Um, so yeah, that was really significant too. Uh, yeah. Um, I would say more recently, um, well, I'm currently reading, um, I'm actually reading uh, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing yeah. Presently. Um, I've, I've just been really encouraged. This is going to sound strange. Um, I've just been really encouraged by a lot of the fantastic children's material that's being produced. Absolutely. Um, because I, I feel like we maybe are not quite there with, with youth materials mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I just feel perfectly comfortable pulling off of the shelf, handing to a Sunday school teacher, you know, go and run with it, yeah. um, which I think is a little bit where your job comes in. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for um, the plug there. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but, you know, things like, um, you know, the biggest story and Jesus Storybook Bible and, you know, things that weren't even there, you know, 20, 25 years ago when I was younger, um, that they're just exciting to see Christian parents engaging their children with. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's really a, a treasure and a joy for me. 
um, to just know that there are things that are being produced now that I think reflect scripture and, and, and just healthy understanding of God and his work in the world. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, you referenced um, CCEF a minute ago, and I know Marty Machowski um, is associated with CCEF and puts out a lot of children's. I mean, he did um, Long Story Short, um, mm-hmm. which was the 10-minute devotion guy, but he's also put together a systematic theology for kids yeah. called Theology. Yep. And then Champ Thornton's book, The Radical Book for Kids, that's another one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just it's been exciting um, that, that these resources are coming out for children. Um, so that's good. Um, anything else you want to add? Wow, I think I could talk about books all day long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the more, one of the great privileges we have as pastors is, you know, we get to spend more time vocationally knowing and learning God's truth and reflecting on how that truth has been um, just explored and, and, and extrapolated in the history of the church. Um, than 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 most people maybe do uh, in a lifetime. You know, a year's worth of reading for us is um, it's a great thing. But I think the longer and the more uh, I get experience, it's just really beautiful um, to to know that that Christianity really is a it is a worldwide movement through which God is 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 changing people for His own glory. And so being able to pick up resources and, and Beautiful thing about living in the 21st century, they're all translated into English. You know, just being able to pick up resources from different periods of church history, from different areas of the world, and to recognize that they're all saying the same thing about our, our gracious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's that's really beautiful. And for me, that's always transformative. Hmm. Um, so. Amen. That's a good note to end on. Um, so, Matthew, thanks again for taking the time out and answering the questions. I know this is going to be beneficial to a lot of people. So, oh, thanks. Well, you're very welcome. It's been a privilege to be with you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to The Local Youth Worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, cover and title page, which you can find at iTunes. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Yeah.